Welcome to Tax Smart Hustlers, where each episode unveils powerful tax strategies and financial wisdom for the go-getters. Hosted by Thrive Tax Solutions, this podcast is a goldmine for small business owners and real estate investors seeking the path to financial freedom. We dive into practical, actionable advice on optimizing taxes and accelerating wealth growth. Join us to become a tax smart hustler. And welcome to episode three of the Tax Smart Hustlers podcast. My name is Aaron Siegel, and I am a tax advisor and the founder over at Thrive Tax Solutions in Boulder, Colorado. So for today's episode, we're going to be talking through estimated taxes. We've had a lot of clients who are new to the practice this year coming in, and they've been uh, surprised by estimated taxes and what those are. So we figured let's make an episode about it, and we'll try to make this simple so you know what to do for the coming year. So with that... The U.S. tax system is just designed to be a pay-as-you-go model. When you have a normal W-2 job, they're collecting taxes every time they pay you. They're sending the taxes to the IRS. Usually everything's good. Now, when you're an investor or you have other self-employment income or things where taxes aren't automatically withheld, you can start to build up a balance. And the IRS expects that's going to be paid on a quarterly basis. With that, there's a few rules for when you would want to be paying estimated taxes. If you have a W-2 job, you can always just adjust your withholdings on your paycheck rather than go through this whole estimated tax process. So for a lot of people, if you have the income, even if you have a side hustle or you have some real estate investments that are spinning off a little income, you can actually adjust your day job withholdings and take care of it without going through this whole estimated tax process. But after all of your withholdings, if you're expecting to owe more than $1,000 with your tax return, you need to be looking at estimated tax payments. And there are two methods that the IRS is going to use to determine if you owe a penalty. The first one's based off the current year taxes due. So if you owe more than $1,000 and you didn't get at least 90% of that tax on file with the IRS prior to this January 15th deadline, you might be on the hook for estimated tax payment penalties. Now, the other method is if you look at your prior year tax, as long as you've withheld 100% of the taxes from the prior year, or if you're a high earner where you've earned more than $150,000 or $75,000 married filing separate, then you have to have 110% of that prior tax. But if you've got at least that much on deposit, the IRS is going to give you the alibi and say, okay, at least you've got last year's taxes on file. So we're going to call that good. Now with that, we need to look at both methods because we have two available to us and we don't necessarily want to put a bunch of extra money on deposit with the IRS that we don't need to. So we have to look at our income and if it's moving up or down or staying the same to figure out which method might make the most sense. So in years where our income is going up, a lot of times to get just the minimum amount of tax on file with the IRS, you probably want to look at that 100 or 110% prior year method. That's usually the most advantageous in terms of not having to get the money in with the IRS early and it meets your requirements for estimated tax payments. Now on the other side, let's say in 2022, you had a big capital gain event. And so there was taxes that you ended up owing on that. And this year in 2023, it wasn't the same. That income level has come down. We really don't want to be using the 100% or that 110% prior year method at that point because you're going to be putting way too much money on deposit. Good news, no penalty would be due, but you're also giving that interest-free loan to the government. 
So in those cases, you'd probably want to look at the 90% of current year method if you're having that down or even really a flat year. We just want to make sure you've got at least 900 out of $1,000 of tax on file at the end of the year to meet the 90% threshold. And so that way you're ready to go and you don't have penalties in play. Now, a fun fact. So most tax software packages, so the turbo taxes of the world, or even a lot of professional tax preparation software packages, automatically use the prior year method to generate the estimated payment vouchers. And generally, it's because when you're going through and making the, the tax return where these estimated tax vouchers are generated, we don't really have a lot of information about how the next year is shaping up. So if you need to override that and go in and use the 90% method, typically you're either going to go in and override the calculations in the software or use the worksheets that the IRS provides to start to calculate what that 90% would look like rather than the 100 or 110% prior year method. So to figure out what was my prior year tax, on your 1040 tax return, on the second page, line 24, that's going to have the tax paid for that year. So that's your baseline when you're using that 100 or 110% method for the following year. Now, they do have some reductions that can apply. There's some edge cases where you can actually deduct some of that tax money off of there before you make that payment. To figure that out, you'll want to look at the Form 1040ES, so the estimated tax forms. Their instructions explain what those deductions are, or you can talk to your tax advisor. They're going to know about those nuances. But generally, if you don't take the reductions, you're just going to put a little extra money on deposit with the IRS. That's usually a better solution rather than guessing if you don't understand what those reductions are. Now, with estimated tax payments, there's always four due dates every year. They're generally on the 15th. You would think they'd be every three months. They're not. It starts in April. So when your taxes are originally due, you'll make your first estimated payment. You'll have a second one two months later in June on the 15th. Then you get a little break. You go out till September to make your third payment. Then the fourth payment is the cleanup payment. It's always due in January on the 15th. Uh, the reason being they want to get your books closed for the year so that way you can get that final tax payment into them prior to January 15th. Now, what you'll find is every year the dates slide around a little bit. That's generally if the 15th falls on a holiday or on a weekend, they're going to give you a couple of extra days to get the money in. So this year for 2024, we've got four dates. First is April 15th. The second is June 17th. Then you have September 16th. And the last one is January 15th on 2025. So if you're waiting till the very last second, sometimes you get a little bit of grace, but I would highly suggest you get your payments in before the 15th and not wait for those extra days. Now, there are four ways generally people are going to be paying their taxes. The first one is with your irs.gov online account. It's actually a really good account. The IRS has been putting a lot of effort into trying to get self-help tools available to taxpayers. The account's still not perfect, but it's come a long way from where it used to be. When you first register at irs.gov forward slash account, what you're gonna end up having to do is create a credential for a credentialing service called id.me. What they do is they're gonna get a picture of your driver's license and they're gonna take a video selfie to verify that you are the person on the identification card. For some people, it's super easy. For others, it takes a little bit of time. So give yourself some time to set it up. But once you do, you actually get access to some really cool things. So one is you can make your payments to the IRS, which can be helpful. You can see your balance information. 
a lot of the notices that the IRS are sending are coming into the portal now. So even if something gets lost in the mail, you can actually see the documents coming into the portal. Then the last one is you can actually order your own tax transcripts. So if you wanted to look at a prior period or you weren't sure what was on the tax return, you can actually go in and order your own transcripts from them and they deliver them electronically. So some pretty cool stuff. Now, if you don't have the online account, you don't want the online account, that's okay. You can still pay two different ways electronically. The first one's through the irs.gov website, which is irs.gov forward slash payments. When you do that, you're just going to enter your taxpayer identification number, what type of tax you're paying, how much you want to pay, and the account information. Once you do that, it'll go through, get credited to your account, you're off to the races. The other is if you've set up a portal in the past with EFTPS, so the Electronic Federal Tax Payment System. Generally, uh, people use that for employer taxes or for other kind of ongoing payments. But if you have that account, you can log in at EFTPS.gov and make the payment that way. So it gives you a third option for the electronic payments. And then last, we got the good old postal service. So if you want to print out a voucher, mail in a check, you can do that. You want to make sure that the envelope is postmarked on or before the deadline. And generally, if you're getting close to the deadline, sometimes it just makes sense to go and pay things electronically just to avoid input errors if they don't see the postmark date. They're not going to give you credit for that being in. So generally, an early filer, go ahead if you want to mail in a check. If you're getting close to the window, go ahead and use irs.gov and pick your options between the online account or their payment portal. So now the big question is, what if I don't pay? What happens then? Generally, the IRS is going to calculate an underpayment penalty on the amounts. And in years past, this is another one where we've had low interest rates for so long that these penalties really didn't hurt. You were looking at 1%, 2 3%. It really wasn't a big deal if you didn't get the money on deposit. The interest rate environment obviously has shifted here. We've got higher rates than we've seen in a very long time. And so that penalty rate currently is at 8% interest. So that can definitely add up if you're carrying a big balance over the span of a year. It makes a lot of sense these days to at least calculate what you might be facing as a penalty so you can make an informed choice rather than getting surprised when you file your taxes and that gets calculated for you. One other consideration here, so for small business owners in particular, or if you have a capital gain event that you weren't expecting, you want to make sure your tax advisor uses something called the annualized income installment method. It's reason C when you go through the different reasons you might fill out form 2210 to manually calculate a penalty. The reason we wanna do that is this, by default the IRS is gonna say for all of your taxes due, they expected it in four equal payments. Now, if you didn't make this money until the last quarter of the year, you wouldn't have known you needed to put the deposit on for the first three quarters. So with this annualized income installment method, they'll actually look at the timing of your income over the four tax filing periods there. So what they'll do is they're gonna take, okay, quarter one, how much money did you have? How much tax should have been paid? Quarter two, same thing, rinse and repeat. So if you have irregular income or you're in a seasonal business or even a period of rapid growth, make sure that your tax advisor looks at the annualized income installment method because that would reduce penalties if you had irregular income. And again, this just isn't the default calculation. So if you go to a tax preparer who doesn't really deal with small business owners very often, they're not even gonna know that's a box they can check and it's just gonna calculate the penalty like it should have been four quarterly payments. Typically those penalties are higher than they would be otherwise if you use that reason C code. All right, 
So hopefully this was a quick and dirty introduction to estimated taxes. You do have a payment deadline coming up. So we're recording this here right in early January. So make sure if you haven't put your estimated tax payments on deposit yet, you still have the opportunity, even if the timing's off, if you know you're gonna owe taxes, if you can get the money in before the January deadline, it's gonna minimize the penalties only because you're gonna have sufficient money on the books. So if you can get yourself paid in to that 90% threshold or that 100 and 110% threshold for the prior year, you're gonna avoid this calculation whatsoever. If you still come in short, at least you're gonna minimize the, the penalties that are associated, even if the timing's off. And again, you have the option to look at both uh, the quarterly payments that are equal or the annualized method to figure out which would be more advantageous if you do have to pay a penalty. If you have any questions or you wanna connect and learn more, definitely reach out to us. We're on all the social media platforms at Trust Your Taxes. You can email us anytime, hi at taxsmarthustlers.show, or you can just visit the show website at taxsmarthustlers.show. We'd love to connect with you, explain the ins and outs. We can do a quick calculation for you if you get to us before the deadline and try to figure out what we can do to minimize the penalties. Hopefully you've been finding these episodes useful. We're starting to see some viewers coming through on our YouTube channel and here with the podcast. We're excited about that. If you like it, leave us a review, spread the word. We really do want to try to get you useful, short podcasts where you can learn strategies and methods to save you money. That's really the goal. The more powder we can keep in your investments and in your business, the better. So we do what we can with the business here. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. We will see you again next week. And until then, keep on hustling. Bye-bye. The information provided in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as professional tax advice. Consult with a qualified tax advisor for personalized guidance tailored to your specific financial situation. 